This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 146, Managing Expectations. Hey everybody, I'm Becky Higgins, and with me is my friend, my co-host, my new chick owning and loving friend, Becky Proudfit. I want you to call me Old McDonald from now on. <laughs> Old McDonald had a farm. You sure did. I am so excited. I'm excited for you. Hey, these chickens, you guys, chickens are <laughs> just the greatest life lesson. Aw. No, I'm not kidding. I could like write a book based on the lessons learned from these chicks. Oh, that's that says a lot. So I, and probably if you have chickens, you're like, yes, sister, I understand. Oh, and if not, funny. you're like, you're crazy. You're one of those chicken people now. But yes, I am. <laughs> I'm a chicken people. So we've that's always cool, had this though. dream of like having these, you know, ch- chicks at our house and mm-hmm. having fresh eggs and that whole thing. So we got the chicks and the level of emotional investment into these animals is so. <laughs> Let me just, can I just pause for a second yes. and remind you, you got the chicks in the thick of wrapping up the work the intense workload that you've had in writing a book, no less. Yes. What are you thinking? I think they were my emotional support animals. Okay. That's what really it was. I'm like, holy cow. And then, then we had know. one that was like struggling. And yeah. so I reached out. Sweet Callie Reed yes. reached out online and like coached me through how to save this chick's did life. It, did it survive? It totally survived. Oh, no way. Yes. And the key was feeding it egg yolk. Oh. It sounds so wrong. Okay. But there it is. <sighs> I listened to Kelly and I saved the All chick. All the things. I just, I'm so oh. glad that now everybody knows that you're a chick person. You guys, and we're building this chicken coop. I, <laughs> I'm going to be posting about it on the, on the social media, but let me tell you, yeah. I would live in it. Oh my gosh. It's that good. You guys need to settle down over there at the, at, at the profit I, farm. Th- this is like that piece <laughs> of me that maybe a lot of people don't get to see. Maybe I don't talk about it that much, but huh, Beck, I'm like yeah. the organic vegetable, mm-hmm. canning my own tomato yep. sauce, making jam, Having the chickens, like, well, you it don't makes have my to talk about it much. Sing. I know. And the thing is, uh, there are things I feel the same way where there are things I don't talk about that are that feed my soul that don't have to do with the sharing of it. It's yeah. just, it's like the thing that I need that grounds me and centers mm-hmm. me, but doesn't have to be shared necessarily. <sighs> so you keep doing you, farm lady. I love it. I love it so we much. We're just going to. Change the world one organic egg at a time. <laughs> I can't wait to <laughs> to partake of the eggs that you're going to share with oh, me. Oh, you will. I know I will. Hey, I've got a review to share real quick. Okay. This is so sweet. It's from On the Hill Mahaya. On the Hill, I love that. Okay. I think I'm on the hill. I think you are on the I'm hill. I'm not quite over the hill, but I'm <laughs> heading in that direction. She calls this, fills my cup, and gives us a five-star rating on iTunes. So sweet. She says, you don't know what you're missing out on. I randomly found the Beckys the other day. and So she's new. Welcome. Okay, so just, yeah, welcome on the hill, Mahaya. <laughs> you don't know what you're missing on or missing out on. I randomly found the Beckys the other day. I'm so grateful that I did. The episodes I feel may not be relatable are usually the ones I grow from the most because they're full of wisdom I didn't know I was looking for. My faith has also grown while listening, and that's a very welcome surprise. Thank you, Beckys, for sharing your convos with us all. I bet you didn't know you'd be helping a small town girl in Oklahoma self-improve. I got goosebumps. Isn't that the magic of this though? Like in this day and age that all of us unite, like it's like we're all going out to lunch Mm -hmm. all over the world, all over the country. We're just all sitting down, having a, having a chat. Talking about self-improvement and chicks. And a farm fresh egg. (laughs) 
right? All right, you guys, let's keep moving along. We've got a quick little message to share with you from this week's sponsor. Have you ever felt just a little off? Like maybe there's something more and you can't quite put your finger on what that is or how to get there. Maybe you question what your purpose is and feel like you've lost yourself. Believe me, I have been there and getting clarity on these foundational principles about myself changed my life. It helped me to take years of unanswered inspiration and turn it into inspired action. Clarity coaching is all about digging to the core of who you are, what drives you, what makes you feel fulfilled, and what your unique gifts are. It's about becoming one with yourself again, becoming emotionally self-reliant, and free to cultivate a purpose-driven life. My role as your coach is to help you uncover what is already inside of you and give you the tools to live your life wide open. You'll be able to cultivate better and more meaningful relationships, process emotion and past wounds that keep you stuck, seek out and create opportunity, and most of all, take inspired action. If we don't get clarity on who we are and what we want, we don't have a sure foundation. We can build on top of it, but there will be cracks, unsteadiness, unrest. With a rock-solid understanding of ourselves, we build things on top of our foundation that bring us peace, connection, and deep and lasting happiness. I can't speak highly enough of Becky as a coach. She will help you create a roadmap for more joy, more connection, and more inspiration in your life and your business. To apply for coaching, head to beckyproudfit.com and click on Clarity Coaching. So you're going to teach us today about managing expectations. My yeah. look, 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 I am hmm. leaning in. Yes. I am. My ears are perked up. I am really interested in knowing what's been on your mind. Well, I mean, life just produces all kinds of learning experiences for us. And I'm laughing because are you serious? Like, like, yeah, right. Time and time again, we say like these episodes come from a place of like, it's something that's come forward in our life or we're dealing with or we're struggling with. And the greatest blessing is, is I have a solid and concrete reason to do all the research and really get introspective about this. (laughs) About expectations. Expectations is something I have, I will just say, I have probably chronically struggled with my Mm. whole life. And there's this saying that goes that expectations are premeditated resentments. What? Isn't that a good one? And I was trying to find the origins of it because I've heard it from a lot of different places. And I think it comes from like Al-Anon, like some of these 12-step programs. That's something that they say. Okay. So expectations are premeditated resentments. Wow. Right? Well, I'm, that is, I am absorbing that. So succinctly put. Mm -hmm. And coupled with the fact that I am married to someone who literally has no expectations. Which is why when you meet Taylor Proudfit, you're like, what is it about him? Why is he so pleasant all the time? All the time. And he... All the time. For instance, okay, (laughs) I cook. I love to cook. I cook good meals. I'm not like throwing mac and cheese in a pot. Like I really... No, she's good. Like it's something I genuinely love. Mm -hmm. And I've been married for almost 20 years. Mm -hmm. Every time he walks through the door and there's dinner, which is probably four nights a week, Mm -hmm. he is genuinely surprised and delighted. Oh my gosh. 20 years later, every single time. 
I've never seen him walk in the door to a dinner. So what, what is that? Well, like? oh. Okay. So for instance, he was out building our chicken castle. Yeah. I got, I got a glimpse of that castle. yesterday okay. when I was dropping oh, you off did? children. Uh-huh. So good. Huh? Uh-huh. You just wait till the finishing <laughs> touches around. And, and I thought, and it was 8 PM and he was working and we had a kid that had just gone through some surgery. And, um, I thought, Oh, I'm just going to throw some steaks on the grill. Just very easy. They were already thought out. And I literally made instant mashed potatoes steak and like threw some chopped up cucumbers Mm -hmm. on a plate Mm -hmm. like this was not Mm -hmm. a fancy meal and he walked in the door and just smelled the steak and was just like oh my gosh oh honey thank you so much this is amazing (laughs) and I was just thinking I would I would laugh as I am right now if David walked in the door and was like oh my gosh this is amazing wow thank you so it's you guys it's not David thank you (laughs) and every time he does that I think I literally could not be married to any other human being on the face of the planet because they would surely hate me but this man (laughs) this man because he has no expectations is genuinely delighted by any effort I put forth he is and do you know what the magic is tell me I love cooking dinner as I was thinking about it what came first, the chicken or the egg? I can't stop these chicken references. Literally, I'm like, I wonder if my love of making dinner has partially cultivated over 20 years yes. because he is genuinely so delighted. Yes, it is. Every time I cook dinner. Which just gave me a huge light bulb moment of why I have a lot of struggle. Because I David needs do to not delight. receive the type of delight. <laughs> you need to expect David to be delighted by your I'm going to have a chat with David, you mm-hmm. guys. He's really a very nice guy. Don't don't you worry. Yes. <laughs> but no, it, it is, it's actually kind of the flip side where because my family is not at all like doting on my efforts at all, really. Yes. Uh, it's very unmotivating. And so I have a negative connotation, I think, even though I enjoy preparing food and you know I'm really good at like feeding the masses I like to you guys like to put on Higgins I just have to this has nothing to do with anything but I feel like it's time it's said (laughs) is it about chickens okay Becky (laughs) dogs on herself with cooking but let me tell you if you've ever been invited into the Higgins home for dinner she's not serving up some like freezer meal she's not serving up mashed potatoes and grilled steak okay she is serving up some of the yummiest most well thought out food and you just feel loved when I have dinner at your house, I feel like you're just hugging me with all the food. That is so sweet. And I love it. Don't come Monday through Friday. <laughs> I've come Monday through Friday and still there's deliciousness happening. No, this is a totally separate topic for another day for sure. Um, but but no, that's a really, really interesting point because it's almost like you've been conditioned to to receive this positive feedback, even though you genuinely love it. Mm -hmm. I think, well, it is kind of a chicken and egg thing, huh? Mm -hmm. Because you do love it, but also you get this positive reinforcement. Uh, Forget about the kids as much as they rave about your food, right? And also most of the time don't rave about my food. Correct. But even when they do, but the point is, is you have a spouse who Mm -hmm. genuinely is like, oh my gosh, Thank you. And this is awesome. Like I'd be cooking every night probably if I had that sort of validation. And it goes beyond Mm. like positive affirmation and goes to like almost like that surprise Mm -hmm. thing. And I've thought a lot about that because truly Taylor is one of the happiest people I know. He really is. And he will tell you it's because he has very little expectation, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I did this Instagram post probably 18 months ago and it was our friend Amanda has this thing she likes to say. I like to disappoint people early in friendships, so mm. I set the bar low so they don't have expectations. Like, that's the key to longevity in her friendships. It's so funny. And it got me thinking. I was like, that actually 
might be brilliant. And so I kind of put it out there to the social media world. And I had several comments like, oh, yes, this is so true. And I also had several comments about, is it not okay to have expectations for people? Is it not okay to have expectations for your friends that they're going to act and, and be a certain way with you? And so this whole conversation just got me, got me thinking about all the expectations. Mm. And so going back to some of those, not negative, but more, um, I don't know, thought provoking comments about, is it, is it good to not have expectations or does that prevent people from, from showing up, right? Like if we don't have expectations for people, for ourselves, does that mean that everything falls by the wayside? And at the heart of that, like what, 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 Beck, what do you think? What do you think people are really afraid of when they say that? Well, if I don't have expectations for my friends, then. Or my child or or my child. Oh, I will say this. Mm. I should have said this right at the top. Expectations for children because of the parent-child dynamic is a totally different conversation. Okay, let's set that one to the side. We're talking totally like contemporaries for your peers and for yourself. Okay. Because that is like a whole other can of worms. Okay. So now ask the question again. Okay, so why would you think, why are we afraid to not have expectations? Like what would maybe hold us back? Um, I've never thought of it like that. So I'm, let's just, let's just talk about us for a yeah. second, right? Like, cause we're a real life friendship. So you're asking like, if I were to be afraid of not having expectations of you, mm-hmm. why would that be? I just never thought about, you're actually one of those very people where you are, I think you are very good and very balanced in your expectations for others. Okay. There is an area of imbalance I think you have, which uh, we'll talk oh, about. Good. I have, good. I have, <laughs> I have imbalance in both areas. I'm one of those lucky people, but I think that it maybe comes from a fear of like, of us not getting what we need. Okay. Right. Maybe. And I think that's what at the, what's at the heart of like us having expectations for friends and sometimes maybe unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. is it almost becomes projecting like emotional self-reliance on that person, right? Mm. Like it's something we really, really need, but instead we're kind of assigning that out to other people. Mm. I don't know. Just let that thought marinate. Okay. I am definitely um, letting it marinate. So where do expectations come from? I think it's important that we all take a look and understand like where our thoughts about performance in relationships comes from. Okay. Because it's not true or not true, right? Mm-hmm. It just is. And so here are some things I came up with. I think my expectations come from my family culture yep. where I was raised. Like sure. my mom was exceptional at celebrating birthdays. Mm-hmm. And so I used to have really high expectations for birthdays. Yep. And I was constantly disappointed yep. by everyone mm-hmm. because these expectations were so high. Because to me, that was normal. Like this is just what you do on a birthday, right? Yep. We all have that like prescribed set of boundaries that were like, this is how you perform as a husband. This is how you perform as a wife. This is what a mother looks like. This is what a birthday looks like, right? We all come into our adult life with all these cultural things that we think are very obvious and that we think are like the right way, but guess what? (laughs) They're not. They're just what we think and what we have experienced. Hmm. So the second one is experience. So our expectations come from our experience. So For instance, if I expect a lot out of myself, then I get results, right? Or if I expect, if I expect X, Y, and Z out of my friend, then you may have a past experience where that expectation has led to a positive result. Hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So, and I think that really ties in more with expectations for ourselves. Mm -hmm. 
Like, I know if I expect this of myself, then I'm motivated to achieve X, Y, or Z. Okay. The third one is communication. So what I mean by communication is hearing about other people's experiences. Media. Are you kidding me? How many expectations do we have that come from media? Totally. And to me, that looks like ideals, like maybe Mm. TV shows we watch or things we read or even social media, the way people appear to be online. All that input plays into what our set of expectations are for ourselves, for our life, and for the people around us. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. And so I think it's important to kind of like just examine if you're having an expectation sticky moment. Okay, where is this expectation coming from? Is this coming from an actual emotional or physical need? Or is this coming from a place of like an ideal Mm -hmm. or like something that I've just always assumed it goes back to that conversation we had with Annie, remember? I do. About curiosity. I, I think about that so very much. Yes. In fact, we keep bringing it up, huh? Just that word, curiosity. That, that, you're prompting me to think the next time I feel disappointed, just even if I took a moment to just be curious about where, what was the expectation, expectation? where do I think the expectation came from? Mm-hmm. Even if I don't even take it another step further, I feel like that actually would help me a lot in that moment to be like, okay, why am I feeling agitated or disappointed or annoyed or whatever in this moment? Well, right. let's get curious about that. Where, where do I think that I perceived it needed to be any different? Where did the expectation come from? Is mm-hmm. that what you're saying? Totally. I'm saying it back because That's I want to perfect. process. Okay. No, and I, I think that we get in this, this frame of mind that we think that our expectations are truth or the right way when actually they're totally subjective, right? There's no right way to celebrate a birthday. There's no wrong way to celebrate a birthday. Mm-hmm. There's just what you need and what you want. And what you do. Right. And what you do. Yeah. So if you get in that place, ask yourself, like, is this, is this true or is this subjective? Hmm. And guess what? It's 99.8% of the time subjective. 99.8. I like it. (laughs) Very scientific on cultivated good life. Okay. Um, okay. So my son, I mentioned he broke his arm, which what a special time for all of us, right? We've had, we have four kids. You didn't had, mention, by the way, that's not something that you've brought <clears throat> up. Oh, in have this I episode. not? You mentioned he had, uh, that a child had surgery, so yes. get a little context. I mean, I'm just one of those lucky parents. I have four kids. We've had two broken arms within those four children, both of which have required major surgery. Mm. So that's fun. Uh, that's just a fun place for us. <laughs> and anyways, this one child, Jameson is the one who broke the arm, and he actually had surgery at time of recording. He had surgery yesterday, mm-hmm. okay? And we were talking a lot about pain management with Jameson because for whatever reason, I cannot figure out what medicine works for this kid. And he's fine. It's not like this is, this is a big problem. But naturally, I get curious and go to the studies because you know I love the studies. And there actually is a very interesting um, study out there. It was put on by MIT, but it talks about pain and the placebo effect and how it ties into expectations. Hmm. So this is kind of the way that to like give scientific data to like the science of expectations. Okay. okay? So we all know what the placebo effect is. Essentially, if you have a drug study, whenever there's a study, there's a control group and that control group is given a pill that looks the same or whatever drug it is that looks the same as all the other participants, but it actually is just nothing. It's Literally nothing. It's yep. literally a pill you take and it's nothing. But you don't know. But you don't That's know. The key. Okay. You mm-hmm. don't know. And so you expect, you're told what to expect by this drug. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is, is placebo patients 
quantifiably, this is not subjective, this is quantifiable data. And this was done by Katharina Schwartz, and this is listed on the Institute of Psychology. Um, the placebo effect quantifiably works almost as well, not just physically, but also psychologically. Mm -hmm. So like if you're talking about if it was a depression medication, placebo effect also applies in that situation. Yeah. Holy heck. That's amazing. Because Mm -hmm. of the expectation they have that it's going to work. Okay. So that's, that's kind of a positive, a positive application of expectation. But then think about the negative application of that. And guys, this is quantifiable, scientifically backed situation, okay? If we have high expectations, it can literally determine our reality, okay? It's almost like it, you, can, you can think something and it will be manifested. It, it totally, yes. It goes to that like manifestation thing. Yeah. Which is not good or bad because it can be good or bad, right? right? It right. just means that we need to spend a lot of time thinking about what we are expecting Hmm. because it is going to determine how we experience our reality. That makes sense. Okay. So if I Mm -hmm. go into a birthday expecting to be disappointed, I'm likely going to be disappointed. True. If I go into a birthday expecting to have a wonderful birthday and having my expectations in check, Mm -hmm. which I'm going to give you a few little tips from this great article that I read all about this, about managing expectations. Um, then I will have a better birthday. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. So we kind of have to break this down into expectations for ourselves and expectations for others. Okay. So imagine you're sitting at a table, okay? And you're thinking in your head, I really want water. I'm thirsty. I want water. Well, you're likely not going to have the expectation for yourself that you can manifest a cup of water to appear in front of you because that's illogical. <laughs> right. We would never put that expectation on ourselves. Okay. You're not going to sit there and say, I want water. I expect there to be water. Oh, there's water. <laughs> that doesn't work. Okay. But think about this. Imagine now your friend is at that table or your spouse and you think to yourself, I really am so thirsty and I want a drink of water. How often do we expect that person than to magically manifest what we want. Like that person just to like hand you water? To hand you water. Okay. Think about it though. We would never expect that because we understand things can't materialize out of thin air. Right. But then sometimes in our relationships, we might think we're dropping hints. We might, mm. whatever we're thinking, if they, if they knew, if they loved us, if they were in tune with us, Mm. they would produce that water. Hmm. Do we understand what an unhealthy dynamic that is? We would never expect ourselves to materialize a cup of water, yet we do expect that of others sometimes. Hmm. We expect them to magically have that magical ability to just know what we want and materialize it for us. Yeah. Okay? Um, That obviously points to being an unrealistic expectation. And this goes back to when we're considering if something is an unrealistic expectation, i.e. our person to be manifesting cups of water to us, um, we have to ask ourselves, is this expectation subjective or is this like hard truth? Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Not yet. Okay. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I can see. No, your I mean, yes. Here. Like it's subjective versus actual truth. I get that. But right. Yes. Keep going. So Keep going. Have I made it clear that Mm -hmm. that is what I want? Okay. Is this person bringing me water something that is universally accepted as a known truth? Hmm. 
Do you get what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yep. It's not. And so that becomes a subjective and unrealistic expectation. So things to consider um, when you're thinking about whether or not your expectations are realistic or unrealistic. Okay. So there's three things um, that you need to consider. Number one, and this comes from an article written by Holly Hudson about managing unrealistic expectations. So she says, number one, if you're not willing to give voice to your expectations, you have to let them go. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this a lot mm-hmm. in marriage episodes. But if you're not willing to say, person, and this is with expectations for other people, um, I am thirsty and I would like you to get me a drink of water. If you're not willing to do that, then you have to let You it go. have to let the expectation yeah. go. Right. Because... We go back to this like woo woo magic, like mm-hmm. subjective place that zero people can be successful in. I just want to acknowledge zero. that what you're saying seems so simple and so obvious, but I think most of us, particularly women, are guilty of doing that. Mm-hmm. So it seems obvious, but I, I just, there's something wired in our brains that makes us think, but yeah, but they know me. They should know. They absolutely would know that right now I'm thirsty. But I'd also ask you where that thought came from. Yeah. Where did the thought come from? If people loved me, they could read my mind. I, I Maybe don't... media goes back to those things mm. we talked about in the beginning. Could be your cultural experiences. Mm-hmm. Could be media. Could be ideals you've seen. Could be mm-hmm. a lot of things. Sure. Like get curious about where that comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one, which I think plays into expectations for others, but mainly for me, it's expectations for myself, is don't put a time limit on expectations. Okay. So I'll just go to weight loss because that's been the most, you know, patience trying thing for me over the past several years post-cancer. If I have an expectation that I'm going to lose 25 pounds, it's not a right thing to put a time limit on that, right? And I know I can feel people just like resisting this because, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And then you're just going to get lazy and you're going to do all these things because we think if we don't have unrealistic expectations for ourselves and others, that means we're all just going to like I don't know, lie on the ground collectively and never get up again. I I don't know what we expect to happen, right? But Mm -hmm. that might be the thought we're having. But I have to ask myself, if I put a time limit on this, so say I say, I want to lose 25 pounds in six weeks, okay? That's a lofty goal. May not be healthy, right? Mm -hmm. And I think oftentimes we make unhealthy goals for ourselves. If it doesn't happen in that amount of time, which likely it won't because we hold ourselves to higher standards than we would ever hold other people to, I'm miserable and I feel like a failure. Yep. And again, the goal is to feel healthy and happy, right? So if I, if I take away the time limit situation on this expectation goal, what will change? What will change as I'm trying to lose this 25 pounds? Well, I probably won't give up if it doesn't happen in a pre-prescribed amount of time. The journey to get there will probably be way less manic and way more enjoyable and healthy. And I probably will actually reach the goal. You'll feel more grace for yourself. You'll feel more patient. You'll feel more relaxed into it. And if you don't feel those things, the goal is irrelevant because you're never going to reach it Mm -hmm. because you're coming at it from a completely wrong place. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you have expectations for others and you're putting a time limit on it, an unspoken time limit, do you see how that can really Mm -hmm. start to trip us up? Yep. Um, Like I said, though, I think that particularly, and maybe it's just for me, Beck, maybe you can chime in, but I think that time limit thing is something that has really tripped me up in life, is putting like definite time limits on things that end up not happening because I can't 
get it done in this unrealistic time for frame. yourself mostly. Mm-hmm. I I don't know that I can even think of an experience off the top of my head where I put myself in a timed box. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not to say that I haven't put deadlines on myself. Cause I mean, hello, I've been running a business for a dozen years. Like I, I know, I understand that world, but I don't remember putting such unrealistic um, parameters on myself from a timeline standpoint. Um, my bar has been set too high many times, but not necessarily within the, the bounds of a clock. Uh, of a you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. This is my like all time shining example of, okay. of the time situation. Okay. This book mm. has taken up at least half of my brain for probably six years, like a long, long time. And any time I tried to put a, I'm going to do it, you know, in six months or six weeks or whatever the time frame was, very quickly into that goal, I realized I could not do that and I would I would pull back. Uh, that's what I was picturing is like if you were to put a timeline on yourself, you would almost like shrink. It's like full, full steam yeah. ahead. And yeah. then when you realize how unrealistic your expectation for yourself is, uh-huh. you pull back and then it like puts distance. Yeah. Guys, this is why literally it took me six years. In fact, I had a coach, my very first coach I ever had, literally got on a call with me and was so frustrated and angry with me. <laughs> Because they're like, why aren't you doing it? But And this is why. Mm-hmm. I have identified now, this is 100% why. What? Why? Because I was going full steam ahead, pulling full steam back, full steam. It's like that starting and stopping mentality. That's exhausting. It is exhausting because it's taking up all the brain energy. You're physically exhausted because you're holding yourself to a standard you can't mm. possibly, mm-hmm. possibly achieve, right. right? And so how did I find success with the book? Yeah, tell me. When I relaxed into the flow of it, when I said, okay, today I'm going to write 2,000 words or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. when I relaxed into the flow of like naming what was enough, which totally goes back to our episode with Greg McEwen, Effortless. that's what I was just thinking about. Uh Is when you name what is enough. So today, for you, it might be today I'm going to open my computer and maybe that's your enough, right? Mm-hmm. Today I'm going to lace up my shoes, mm-hmm. and that's enough. Mm-hmm. When you do that, you start to put yourself in in a place of perpetuating more motion. Mm-hmm. Okay, when you relax into the flow of a project, of cooking dinner, of whatever, like you actually propel yourself forward. Mm. Guys, the book is done. Yep. I can't even believe I just said that. I don't I think I've said that publicly yet. No, I, I don't know that some of our listeners are really clear that you've written a book until yes. they, we brought this up a few it times in this episode. finished. Yeah. Like, I cannot believe it's done and out of my hands. It's out of your hands for now. For now. And, oh, then, and then there writing might be a book some is a several year yeah. project, but like my part for yes. now is done. It's huge. That's the biggest milestone of all the milestones oh my to gosh. date. You have no as idea. As you're saying of the past six years. You guys, when you let go of expectations or make your expectations realistic and very well curated, the space in your brain becomes free. Mm. Like you can stop spinning around in your head. Oh, mm. the best ever. Okay. Mm. The it. third one that Holly mentioned in this article, um, which we will link in show notes is accept people for who they are. 
Oh, I've been so working on this. Hard. <laughs> it's so hard. I want people to accept me as I am. Absolutely. So, so I've had to work on that a little bit more. It's only with a few people, really, mm-hmm. particularly those very close to me, who I it just is. It's the I people want, close to of you. Of course, it is totally. right because you love them the most, mm-hmm. and so you want the most for them, and therefore your expectations become the most because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, the most. I know what is best for you. Right. I see you, and yet what I've been working on is that okay. Actually, I see you as you are. Mm-hmm. That's all. I love you as you are. Guys, Period. what would change in your life if you just looked at your friends, your partner, your spouse, your what, your parents, whatever, and just looked at them and tried to have zero expectations mm-hmm. and just love them, not just for who they are, but for where they were at. Yeah. Okay. And, and I think that's where we have to talk ourselves down from the fear of like, well, if I do that, I'm not going to get what I need. Mm. But again, and I say this with all the love in my heart and to myself more than anyone else, it is no one else's job to fulfill you, to make you happy, to make you feel lo- like those are things that are our responsibility. That's right. We cannot shirk that responsibility off to other people. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you found yourself in a place of having expectations for others and for yourself that are unrealistic. And I'd ask yourself, if you're not sure, are you happy? Are you happy in your relationships? Are you happy with yourself? Are you finding yourself having a level of continued and sustainable success with the things that you want? And if the answer is no, which I think for most of us, the answer probably is a no, maybe examine, examine your expectations. Okay. So when we get in the place of the unrealistic expectations, This is something I talk about in coaching a lot is sometimes I think, again, information being out there is wonderful, but we talk about changing our thoughts and hello, we preach this all the time. So vitally important. There's so much power in our thoughts. The problem is, is sometimes we're like, we go from a place of having a negative thought, like I'm not happy with this. And we think the solution is just to magically become happy with this. Hmm. And the reason that doesn't work is because hopefully none of us are sociopaths and we can change our thoughts, but there has to be a stop in between. If you can take yourself from a, from a very negative, like say you're in a marriage and you're deeply unhappy. Okay. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot of reasons and I'm certain expectation plays into that. Mm -hmm. It's not as simple as saying, okay, well now I'm happy in my marriage. Right. It's not as simple as just like changing your thought like that. And I get concerned that sometimes people think that's the solution. So all you have to do is just think about it differently. Think about right. it differently. It's like mm-hmm. the rose-colored glasses. Right. So if you do that, I mean, there's a level of delusion to that. There's a level of being dishonest with yourself and others. And that can lead to a whole separate host of problems. Oh, yeah. So what I always tell people is you need to find a bridge belief. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So instead of going from, I'm deeply unhappy in my marriage to I'm happy in my marriage or this person's exactly who they need to be. We need to find a middle ground. We need to find a place to stop and sit and rest and examine to get us out of this super negative expectation place, but not lying ourselves into a positive expectation place. So that bridge belief, if, if I was talking to a client who was having marriage stuff, I would say the bridge belief might be something like, I'm in a marriage that I'm not sure about and I'm working really hard to figure out how I can 
bring my best self to this situation. Mm-hmm. Or I'm, I'm, I, we're in a place where we're working and transitioning and figuring out how to move forward. Mm-hmm. But do you see how that's so Very much better different. than I expect that right. my marriage sucks and it sucks and so now it sucks too. Yep. That gives you a place to rest and, it's and true. to examine and is true. It's totally true. Every bit of, of that bridge belief is true. Exactly. I, I mean, I'm, it's a hypothetical example, um, but it's very relatable in any situation to even take marriage out of it. But you can be in the middle. You can sit in the gray. You can be unsure. The water can be a little cloudy, but it's but it's still, there's a way to look at it that's way more constructive than it's either it it's right. it sucks or it's going great. from zero to 10. Right. Like that just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to our favorite Annie joy who says, get curious. This mm-hmm. gray area, this bridge belief is that place of curiosity yep. of, okay, I'm going to look at this from all sides. I'm going to examine my expectations. I'm going to think about whether or not they're realistic or unrealistic, or to be honest, if I even actually want this. Yeah. Cause yeah. do you know what I found when I really examined my birthday beliefs, What's my that? birthday expectations, I don't even think I wanted most of them. Hmm. I just expected that's how it was. Interesting. Right? Hmm. And so that gray area gives you the chance to just be. Hmm. Okay? And that honesty, that place of that place of curiosity will actually be the thing that helps you to move forward and to break free because some of these expectations, they literally become chains that bind us and they make us unhappy. Yeah. And I would tell anyone if something's making you deeply unhappy in your life, you may want to get curious about it. You may want to start to think about a way for that not to be the case. Absolutely. Okay. I am going to share a quote from a wonderful man named Gordon B. Hinckley. Okay. But we're going to talk about it for a minute after. He has said a lot of wonderful things. I can't wait to hear the thing that this you picked This equal out. <laughs> parts makes my skin crawl, okay. if I'm being honest. Ooh. And it gives me so much comfort. Wow. Let's go. Okay. And I'm interested to hear your thoughts. Okay. Because I know you've heard this. Oh. He says... Anyone who imagines that bliss is normal is going to waste a lot of time running around shouting that he has been robbed. The fact is, most beef is tough. Most children grow up just to be people. Most successful marriages require a high degree of mutual toleration. Hmm. Most jobs are more often dull than otherwise. Life is like an old-time railway journey. Delays, sidetracks, smoke, dust, cinders, and jolts intersped only occasionally by beautiful vistas and thrilling bursts of speed. Mm, I've never heard that. Right? A little bit makes your skin crawl because, like, the the overachiever in me is like, "That's that's a life of mediocrity, and I don't want a life of mediocrity, right? But then also, what if I had the expectation? What would change in my parenthood if I remembered that most people are just average? Mm-hmm. And most experiences. Well, first of all, right? you projected your thoughts on me because it didn't make my skin crawl at all, at all. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm I glad. I did not think of it that way. I've never heard that quote. I really appreciate the insight um, because I, I, it just feels true to me. It feels true to me. I don't have extraordinary expectations of you know, a fairyland life because I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to get curious about that and think about why my expectations are what they are. But, um, but I think what's helpful about that is remembering that especially in a media world and we're all online and we do see 
the highlight reels of everyone else's life. It mm-hmm. just, it, we are very easily influenced and very, um, very heavily trained subconsciously of ideals. And so that jades us and it changes the way we think about reality when really, um, he's right. Reality is that for the most part, life is pretty vanilla or hard or requires a lot of work. It isn't just this constant state Mm -hmm. of bliss. And I'm thankful for that because I feel like I feel more joy because of the sorrow. I feel more happy because of the really unhappy times. I feel Mm -hmm. more grateful because of the things that were really difficult to navigate. And and this is not to say be comfortable in mediocrity, not moving and being stuck. I don't want you to think that's what I'm saying. But what I am saying is, is the key to not living in a mediocre life might be the expectations we have for Mm -hmm. what things should look, sound, and feel like. Yeah. Right? This book experience, you guys, I'm trying to even curate the words because I want to be very clear when the book comes out, I'm sure it's going to be beautiful and there'll be some kind of launch and people, wow, that's amazing. She did that. I don't want to forget the absolute hell that it was to do it. I, I, Becky can attest. I have never in my life done something more difficult than writing that book. I can attest. Emotionally in all, it, it challenged me in the mm-hmm. most painful ways I could have ever imagined. I'm going to ask a question that a, a listener is thinking of. Yes. She's thinking, why did you, why did you do that? Why would you put yourself through, you're talking about it like it was the most miserable experience of your life. Then why did you do it? You didn't have to do it. No one made you do this. Why did you write the book? Because I have felt for so long, deeply, it was like my ultimate documenting experience. Mm. But the thing is, like he's saying, most beef is tough. There is a, there is a delicious part of this. And that's the part that a lot of people are going to see. But I want everyone to remember that there also was a lot of other very mediocre, very painful, very ugly, growth-filled, ugly experiences, right? Yep. When we have the expectation that writing a book is empowering and wonderful, mm-hmm. yes, it is those things. And it also is other things too. It's almost like if you were to advise another, you know, somebody who says, I want to write a book, what advice would you give me? It almost would be to say, go into it with an open mind and don't expect, because that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about is expectations. Don't expect that it's going to be the most amazing experience and don't expect that it's going to be the worst experience. Just I, go in and experience go in. whatever. Yes. I literally just had this conversation with Porter yesterday about mm-hmm. the new chapter that he's heading into and all of the wonderful things that are coming yeah. for him. And, and that conversation was lit and I, and I didn't know, just so you guys understand, I didn't know that Becky was going to be talking today in this episode about managing expectations, but the conversation I had with Porter going into adulthood was fully, completely 100% mm-hmm. based in expectations. And it wasn't about raising them or lowering them. It was about managing them. It was about helping him to understand that you've got to go into things with an open mind, Mm -hmm. knowing that it could be amazing. But just because you've heard other people say it was amazing for them, that doesn't mean it'll be like that for you, or maybe just not at first. You could have deep struggles. And also don't go into things expecting that it's going to be terrible either. Right. Just have an open mind about it. Now I want to take that conversation with my son, who's becoming an adult, 
to the next level based on this conversation and talk to him about getting curious about where he feels like those expectations are coming from when he does run into some of the hard experiences. I, I, I feel very enlightened as a mother to have that level of conversation next. You know, it's just this whole thing is hard. And to be honest, if I had probably gotten curious prior to writing the book, maybe it wouldn't have been such a painful experience. Mm. Maybe I would have been able to navigate those things a little bit more gracefully, right? Because I wasn't having disappointment coupled with pain. Sure. Because pain is going to happen no matter what in all the things, right? Like that it's pain, happiness, it all is present all the time, right? But the disappointment factor amplifies that emotion. Can I ask you a question? Mm Mm-hmm. What was your expectation going into this? And I don't mean six years ago. I mean, when mm-hmm. you really hit the ground running more recently right. in this past year, mm-hmm. what was that expectation of the experience? Because I felt so sure of what I wanted to say, mm-hmm. of what I felt like I needed to explore and write about, I had the expectation that it was going to be the most empowering, um, seamless experience Hmm. of my life. Wow. What I didn't expect was sitting in front of a blank computer screen. And this happened almost every time I got out to like really write Mm -hmm. for 30 minutes, just staring at it. Yeah. And staring at it and praying and staring at it and staring at it. I, I didn't expect the level of stamina. I didn't expect the level of, um, doubt, opposition, opposition. I I was not expecting any of that. But when that happened, because it was, because I had put so much pressure, expectation on myself and this experience to be a certain way, I felt disappointed in myself that I was staring at a blank computer screen, that I felt like I was wasting time because I had that time expectation. And instead of being able to navigate that experience in in a more productive way, it felt so much harder because it was coupled with this unnecessary disappointment in myself. Are you guys feeling the relatability? You you don't have to be writing a book right now. You don't have to ever write a book, but do you feel what Becky's saying is, that's why I wanted to ask you because I actually didn't know what your expectation was at the beginning. We hadn't talked about that. I think anything that we're heading into right now, just think about the thing that you're facing right this minute, you guys. Whatever it is that you're looking at, facing, um, anticipating in any way, what is your expectation around that? And is it worth reevaluating? Probably. Mm-hmm. I think it's always worth always a reevaluating. Good idea. Yeah. Here's the thing, guys. When we are living a life full of expectations, we're not really experiencing life. We're mm-hmm. trying to curate life. Mm-hmm. And when we let go of it, when we break free from the expectations, we actually start to experience what the world has to offer, what people have to offer. Mm. And we become better at recognizing that and celebrating that and being able to have more peace and productivity and happiness in all the things. For heaven's sakes, isn't that what we That resonates with me. I love that. I am thinking about expectations differently and I I love it. I love it. To me, it feels like this this is such a great opportunity that we have. This is what it means to cultivate a good life. It's conversations like this. It's insights like this. It's pondering like this. It's self-reflection like this. Mm-hmm. They get you thinking about 
how you can approach things and think about it and frame your world accordingly. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. Yeah. Thanks, Beck. You're welcome. You're so good. You're so good, I'm girl. I'm only so good because <laughs> I have so much to learn. That's the thing. <laughs> That's what we love about this. You guys know we say that a lot, but we do love when we have these episodes without a guest, uh, which is about half of our podcast episodes. We love to get self-reflective and to really look inside at where we are currently working, what we're, what we're navigating, what we're processing. And Becky, clearly that's something that you've been navigating and we're really, we're better for it. Friends, thank you also for being here, for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than the specific things you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings and most importantly, act on them. We love you. We're cheering you on and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye guys. Bye.